Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Come on. A bit of funky Cole Medina. How's the voice this morning after a big lids fly last night? We'll be right. It'll get better as we go on Friday. Form battle. I'll need some help here, Dan, not only with the voice and to get me through the show, but also it's another very challenging card. Yeah. Yeah, it is. How are you? Uh, um, Good to talk to you, Jase. Been a couple of weeks, in fact, hasn't it? And hello, everyone. Uh, It is a challenging race. There's a few uh, races tomorrow night that I found very difficult. Again, that's that's not a bad thing, Uh, but it's going to ensure that we'll uh, keep working for a living for a little bit longer, I reckon. The questions always are, I've written the article already for the Herald Sun, uh, tomorrow the proliferation of preferential draw races on a Saturday night at Melton means you've got to weigh up class and tempo, who's going to make a move. Like, there's three races in particular, and we'll start with the first, where, look, on face value, I think LB2 Chains is clearly the best horse in the race. But inside backline draw, do you follow through? Do you restrain and make a mid-race move? Do you restrain and come with one run and hope for tempo up front? And it's becoming quite confusing for punters. The Golden Rain free-for-all is another one. And the fast class trot. We'll talk about them all separately and the challenges um, inherent within. But it, it becomes sort of uh, very much a choose your own adventure situation sometimes, doesn't it? Oh, there's no doubt about that. Um, uh, we often will come up with multiple uh, possibilities as far as uh, speed maps are concerned. Well, there are some races tomorrow night that um, have. Uh, dozens of uh, possibilities in the way the race was run. And that's that's good in a way because you can afford then to, to back horses at, at odds that you know that will be some chance because there's no... It's not straightforward. Um, it makes it challenging, uh, but also it opens up the races and that's why we've seen a number of races at Melton lately where you've had $4 plus the field. How do you find yourself going about it, right? So there's, there's multiple scenarios. Now, you probably don't write down... This is a 60% chance of happening. This is 20, 10, 5, whatever. But in your mind, you've got that set. Now, here's the challenge, I reckon, Dan. Whether you punt thinking, okay, I'm synthesising and aggregating all these possibilities and punting with all of them in mind, or whether you find yourself, the more you do your form. I, I tend to do this a bit too much, I think, where I get engaged, I propose, I engage and have a fiancé, and then I get married to an idea of what's going to happen. So I sort of go down that one path and say, I'm choosing that. So if that doesn't happen, bad things happen and we go with around the twist. Well, the thing is, uh, unlike getting married, <laughs> unlike getting married, Jason, <laughs> or at least in, in a lot of Western countries, um, you can have multiple bets in the race. You really can't have multiple polygamy, marriages, punting, not at the polygamy. one time. <laughs> So, so therefore, um, therefore, you can have multiple suggestions or um, a, a collective bet. You can have a bundle bet, as you well know. So, uh, depending on the value of them. But uh, when you're sticking to marriages, my uh, my suggestion, my advice is to either keep them one at a time, or certainly one at the time. Well, and also there's in play punning, so you can annul the marriage, can't you? Or, <laughs> yeah. or, or, you, can, or you can get divorced and quickly. And then become polygamous and then marry two or three others if you want to. It's quite incredible. Well, as I said, it depends where you are. Mainly in the Western world, you're not allowed to do that. But uh, in this day and age, fair to come, um, you could be uh, a flea uh, that uh, is an astronaut and uh, have a right to uh, to queue up and get the doll. Well, the, so... tr- well, the truth is, I think currently 2.4% of the Australian population identifies fleas. So um, that's probably correct. Um, let's get stuck into the first race in the card. Springfield Affair's favourite. Now, that's not what I was expecting. Ghost of Time seems a prize to me. Bet on the Tigers trending. Is he where he was? No. Aussie playboy drawn awkwardly but going really well. And 
I thought Sando was massively over the odds. I think LB2 chains the best in the race. The one thing I think will happen here is that there will be enough genuine early tempo to bring these quote-unquote class runners into play because Ghost of Time is going to have a crack at Springfield Affair, I think. Bet on the Tiger seems to really want to lead at the moment. So it'll be pressing forward and Jack Law will be aggressive there. And I'm hoping that gives Zach Phillips, who even though he drives infrequently these days, as I wrote in the form comment, he's still uh, an elite driver. That gives him a chance to make a couple of smart decisions. And I'm with LB2 chains, but I think Sanday and Ghost of Time are both well over the odds. What are your thoughts? Look, LB2 chains, he just picks himself. Is he 100% right? I don't know, but he was well enough to be right in the market and used up. It surprised me a little bit that he got used up the way he did second up, but I think that run will fit him a little bit better this He's taken some pretty good scalps over a period of time. It's the right race for him. If you could imagine this race being on a uh, a Friday night at Shepparton somewhere, this is what I do sometimes, and it just it takes away uh, the fact that it's at Melton and seemingly a much bigger spotlight. Uh, you would look at this race; it'd probably be the third leg of the quaddy, and you think, "Gee, he stands out." And I reckon he'd be a dollar ninety-two dollars. So I actually see the four dollars as a bit of value. I don't think he's a good thing, but. Uh, he, I think he's the, the horse that jumped out at me, so uh, it makes sense. And you've rated him about the same way that I've yeah. talked about him. Uh, he's definitely overs to my mind. It wouldn't shock me to see him run equal favourite or, or shorter now that we've seen uh, Springfield um, uh, Affair open up short. And he's in great form. I mean, he's going as well as he ever has. He, he, he feels like he's been around... For longer than what he has, he's only a five-year-old, but he's lining up for his 94th start, and uh, and I don't think he's ever gone better. He's won 17 already, so my thoughts were eight from one. Um, then bet on the Tigers being last run was pretty good because he was able to push his way forward, yep. and and they were better runs. I think now that if he's got a bit of confidence up and onto the bigger track. Um, his last win, he beat Captain Balisario. Uh, so we put that into perspective, and he's a must to be considered. And then, then Aussie Playboy. So um, I, you mentioned Sanday. I always think Sanday's a much better horse when he can lead. Um, he's probably not going that badly, but class-wise, he finds the right race where he could improve. But uh, eight's on top, eight, one, uh, three and and four. Uh, you mentioned Ghost of Time. He's the other one that's a chance. Be interesting to see if he could uh, lead. I think he's a better horse when he's at least on the peg. So he'll be looking for the pegs. So you've got the inside three horses are all capable of coming out of the gate, uh, and that early battle will will work around them. But it also might work in the favour of LB Two Chains. Even as a sit sprinter, I think he's a decent horse, and he's the one to beat. All right, I'm just going to give you a, a few little. Um... Nothing duplicitous, just a few little insights here. So Springfield Affair 1, Ghost of Time 2, driven by Lockie Cook and Glenn Craven. Have they met before? Uh, yeah. Um, the Springfield Affair 1, LB2 chains on his back if Zach follows through? Well, no, probably not. No, but so, uh, yeah. Springfield Affair is the $2.40 favourite and continues to win <laughs> races. And, you know, I, I'd say you'd be more... Worried about getting Springfield Affair right than worrying about LB2 Chains, who's third up from a spell, not sure what sort of form it's in, and um, being able to dictate the race. But yeah, where you're coming from is right. It's one aspect or it's one avenue that you could block off well, I, I just, uh, by I, tactics. I just think Ghost of Time, if you go to that run two starts back, when he does find the front, they've gone 56 6. He's been beaten 5.5 metres by Magnetic Terror and Hurricane Hustler. So yeah. that's. I wouldn't mind if I was in a race and I thought you could lead me and I'll track you. I wouldn't think it was a, uh, too bad an option personally. But yeah, I'm, I'm with LB2 Chains. Steve Cleve's big on this these days. Um, third up from a break, more like the thoroughbred model, is when you peak. And when you look at LB's two runs, his first run, he was restrained at the start and rattled home over a mile behind Ever Hoping. And then last start, he was bolting at the 120 on a very wet, sodden, inclement night at Melton, and he, he just hit the wall because he wasn't fit enough, I don't think. So I, he was he was travelling in front, and then he just said, okay, that's enough. So I'm thinking he'll be he'll be right and ready to go. So we're on the same page in the first eight, nine, two and one, different second, third, and fourth numbers, but the same winner, Albie, two chains, take the $4, 
now. But remember to gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. If you have an issue, time for our first break on the Friday form panel. We'll come back with race two in the card. I haven't had a look at these markets yet. I'm excited to see what they've marked. Let us trot. Maybe I'm not. I'll tell you soon. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. We got five minutes for us to disconnect from all intellect and let the rhythm affect. Signals are inefficient. Follow your intuition. Free your inner soul and break away from tradition. Because when we be out, girl, it's full of beat out. Little black eyed peas, look at the will I am. Friday Form Panel. Dean Mills and Jay Bon. Um, now, Dan, we've known each other a fair while. You know I'm not one for the clarity of hyperbolic statements, yeah? No, far from it. No, this is the worst. This is the biggest dog's breakfast of a market I've ever seen, in my opinion. Almost ever seen in my career. Now, I hope we're on the same page here because I may have underrated slightly Aroakoi, but... How Sheetweb Weaver is $3.30 here, I've got no idea. They've completely missed next through. They've completely missed Speedy Lover. And in my opinion, Lettuce Trot should be a clear favourite. Now, I hope we're on the same page because I've gone off script here and have been slightly hyperbolic. Are we Are we simpatico or not? <laughs> oh, look, not quite. Um, I, I think, uh, but, but that's the whole idea of identifying the markets. And you do your form thoroughly and that's how you can find your, your value. I, I know, I'm looking at your market now, and I thought you were very generous for Aroa Koei mm. um, and, and obviously for Sheepwed Weber, according to the market. Um, but there are a few others as well. Ne- next through, um, y- you're right, um, on the uh, the markets, considering the horses had a first up run and performed really well, it's the one that you've seen recently enough against a decent sort of horse to think that it's probably over the odds. So you're right, it, it's it, in, intriguing race because I think the here, it's not just what your thoughts are and the horses that you think can win, but you're attracted because of value. Um, when you see the $8 for the promised land for Aro Koe, you think, oh, how lovely life is. And then when you see the two ninety dollars uh, as the only price you can get, all of a sudden life is not so fantastic. But let us trot is the value. I, look, I must say, I couldn't find much between Aro Koe and let us trot. I, I, I actually rated them... I actually rated them the same. I, I rated right. them both three and a half. So um, there's, uh, and I've, I've gone four from five. I've actually put it down in concrete, so to speak, four from five. But I, I found it difficult to separate. I've seen Sheepweb Weaver. He's a really nice type of horse, big, strong trotter. Uh, but I do concede, I think he's under the odds at that price. And, and odd, odd, well, I don't know if it's oddly enough, but I actually put next through in for fourth. So the four horses that you've made reference to are actually the four that I've got in my numbers, which may be uh, not, not a huge uh, shock here, but there's plenty of speed on the front line. Fling it rainbow, whiz bang Dan, who's first up, has got a lot of early toe. Um, so there's horses out wide they are going to come across with a, a lettuce trot and, and potentially an, an Arakoe. So there's going to be a bit of that early pressure from out wide and uh, those horses that are out wider, they can build up momentum and a bit of early speed. So it might actually suit next through, um, even though it comes off a, a stand start run. And there's a big difference between fitness for a stand start and then going up to uh, a mobile. But I would have thought he was the classiest horse in the race, even though he hadn't raced for over a couple uh, for for a couple of years. Um, so I, I would identify him as the one that is uh, is the giant overs. All right, I'll. I'll... Just take you through my thoughts. So, um, Sheetweb Weaver. Now, the SP profile says they think it's got a lot of ability. It's two wins and it's – well, it's, it's only had one win and it's last five starts. Four starts back, it went uh, – it got beaten in 2-3 on a rain-affected track. Last start in an up to 55, it breaks through in 2-2-3. Now, it was a nice win. It was dominant, but it's 2-2 over the middle trip and um, – and I'm not sure he can get involved uh, too heavily in the early burn. Uh, Arawakoe, I just there's something about him. I think he could get um, he could get into deep water in the early burn because he's more of a he's got early speed, but it's more proper staying trotting early speed. I think where he just likes to build his momentum, and he could get swamped on all sides here. The waves could be coming left, right, and centre, and he, he's not the smoothest trotter of all time. Uh, Lettuce Trot's had three goes 
over the short trip for two wins and a placing. And I know you've got to take, take it with a grain of salt, but he did get beaten ahead in 55-8 over 1609 at Menangle. Three starts back. Now, you've got to add a couple of seconds to that, fair enough. But I, I think he's clearly, clearly the one to beat. Next through has, you know, promised to be a really good horse. He's beautifully bred, brother of Let Me Through. And his first up run off 30 metres was excellent. And the other one, Speedy Lover. Speedy Lover started... $4.80, five starts to go at Bendigo, um, this time last year in a race against Harry Stamper. Flew home. Now, Speedy Lover's got it all to learn. Don't get me wrong. But the best of Speedy Lover, I think he's better than the best of most of these. So, look, we've got different opinions, and that's actually good for a race like this. I'm going 5, 9, 10, and 4, and thinking Lettuce Trot is an amazingly attractive betting option at $3.70, but I'll also have something on next through and Speedy Lover. The only... Final question before we move on from race two, Dan, is do you think without a trial that Wizbang Dan will be using his very good early speed from widest in the front line? Yeah, well, that's the trick, isn't it? And and possibly not uh, because there's speed. I identify a bit of speed inside, but he is a quick beginner. Um, uh, it, it, it's sometimes too tough, isn't it, first up? If, if you could take him out of the equation, uh, perhaps the setup is a little bit better for your top pick, let us trot. Um, you, you're probably right. But, um, like, he, he may as well be going to the trials with Bang Dan if he does go back. That's the other thing. Uh, because he does have, well, if there's any weaponry that he's still got, it's his gate speed. So from seven... Um, his only hope of weighing in probably is being used up out of the gate to try to get to the pegs, try and cross, yeah. be in a forward position. Because if he goes back, I, I couldn't see him figuring. We've only got two and a half minutes, but I'm not sure either of us. Um, I'm sure we could manufacture reasons why we like certain runners in this APG Gold Bullion two-year-old consolation final. Is that a better consolation final? I mean, we just call it a consolation, eh? I, I think you're right, actually. Absolutely, I'm totally with you there, Jase. <laughs> Let's just call it a consolation because that's exactly what it is. Um, look, I've ultimately, I, I don't know what's going to happen. No idea. Can't help you. But Karamaro Lam went well at the trials. I thought he went pretty well on debut. I think he'd be improved by that, and that's why I've settled on him. And there's not much more I can offer. Hopefully, you can offer something more than that, Dan Malecki. <laughs> No, look, I, I can't. I, I usually enjoy seeing horses for the second time and I get a far better opinion of them as to what sort of improvement they've made physically or or even with their racetrack performances. So this is tricky. They've all got beaten a long way, but all been beaten by some pretty smart horses in their heats, which makes it an even race. Um, I, look, I've uh, I've gone pretty much with the barrier draws. Karamar Olam, <coughs> number two, um, four, Lone Star Warrior, three, Quicksand, and, and one, uh, Sherby. So two, four, three, one. And one race that I, I'm actually looking forward to getting a better guide once I see the horses on the track. I think if anything that I can offer to that race will be um, from my own eyes when I see them. So right now, I've just got a big question mark on the race, but I, I might be able to offer something once I see these horses. We will be looking forward to that tomorrow on Trots Vision. And, yeah, it's probably not a betting race, but we're both with Karamara Alarm. There's some... Beautifully bred horses and don't get tricked into thinking because they've been bashed by superior horses earlier in their career that none of these horses will turn out to be quality animals because it's almost certain that a few of them will turn out to be quality animals. You've got uh, on the dark side who is a son of Priceless Gem. That's a great family. The seven out of Katisha. You've got She Loves Me for Karamar Olam. Um, and that's a really good family from uh, the Slater family. Uh, Robert McCartney does a great job with a small team as well. Those Karamar horses always seem to go extremely well. And we've got one little guide here, one little guide. Maybe. Snooze Finozio out of those two runners has chosen Lone Star Warrior over Sherby. I've settled on the numbers two, six, four, and one. We're going to take our final break for the first hour. And when we come back, plenty more Friday form panel. Take a bow of silence tonight. Got Melton tomorrow night, Trot's Vision, and then co-hosting the Horse of the Year Awards on Sunday, so bow of silence for Vaughn. But I do live amongst life. Um, we move on to the fourth race in the card. A few little comments. For starters, then, now, I wrote this in the form commentary. The, the more we have these 1,200-metre races that you'd think, the more we'd be learning. I think I'm learning less. There's not really 
a consistent rhyme or reason, is there? There's, there's nothing yet quite to hang your hat on and say, okay, so these are the way these races go. One thing I will say, and they don't normally let you on uh, favourites too, too much, uh, the wagering service providers. They keep them nice and short. But I've got to tell you, class-wise, I think what we better believe is very attractive at $3.90. Do we agree? Look, I, I think so. If uh, you weren't aware that it was a 1,200-metre race, I don't think you'd be scared off, would you? And, 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 and look, why are we scared off sometimes? Because it is a 1,200-metre race. Um, like you said, I haven't quite worked them out either, um, but we're getting slightly more of them. So as time goes on, I'm sure we'll get more au fait with it. But um, uh, when you look at a, a horse race, whether you look at a human race, any type of race, Often, not always, but often, um, the the best uh, athlete will win. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes that is the simplest uh, way to go about that, um, and you're trying to find um, the the winner, and and maybe it's it's a good plan to to stick to, good recipe to stick to, I should say. Otherwise, we read into it too much and we just confuse ourselves, and that's what I find I I do with these twelve hundred meter races. Yeah. Um, They've been pretty competitively priced, though, haven't they? So the, the way that they've, um, um, Rahana's Race in Victoria have scheduled the um, classes of some of these races have made it really interesting. Um, I just haven't quite got my head around it, and that's not a bad thing, I suppose, when it comes up on the Sky Channel screen. Um, it looks like it's a competitive race, and you think that every horse has got a got a chance here. So, and and look, if you were a trainer as well, you're not going to put a horse into a race that you think it's got no hope of earning a check, particularly when they're fit. So, um, this is where the expert tipsters such as yourself come to the fore and are able to flex their muscles and show why they are paid the big bucks. I'm, oh, I'm merely a race caller. Hey, give us a bit more, please. Um, the funny <laughs> thing about this race is. And it's sponsored by Sulky Out, the future of form pace. It's a random barrier draw. And seemingly the two classiest horses have drawn the two worst gates. It's quite bizarre. Um, Delvin I Robin, didn't realise that, actually. I thought most of the others had been done on the, on the class. Yeah, and it, it looks the same, yeah. It's incredible because Delvey Robin and we better believe, I've gone 9, 8, 1 and 2. Now, the one thing that I feel like is um, near enough to certain, the two crosses the one. I think Wendy's Wish, I think 1,200-metre races – a little bit like 1,700-metre races, but obviously exacerbated and extrapolated further. Um, people are less likely to hand up the lead. I mean, handing up over 1,200 metres just seems a little bizarre. So I think Wendy's Wish will hold the lead. We better believe it showed good gate speed. Um, I don't know why the tab website calls it We Better Believe, but anyway, it's We Better Believe It. They can't fit it in. There's not enough characters within their system to add that last uh, word, it. 14, 3, 6, 9, 12. Yeah, you're right. Tiger bandwagon looks like it's longer, but it's an IT problem, <laughs> uh, as uh, as Wombat said last week. So, uh, yeah, we better believe, I think, we'll show that gate speed go up and um, park outside of Wendy's Wish. And then it's just a matter of when Matty Craven wants to push the button. If he pushes it at the right time, I think we better believe we'll win. It was a terrific run in a much stronger edition of one of these races behind Wine Gum, I thought, uh, last night, that was an up to 111, right? The highest rated horse here. Now, that the, the one there was uh, Lip Breeder in, in, from memory, but the highest rated horse here is a 71, and that's all to rage. So this is an easier race. Uh, if Maddie gets um, a happy trigger finger, a little bit too early, Delvey Robin can come home all over the top. Seaside Sister's going to be in a wonderful spot, and I, I think he's going much better than the figure form line might suggest, although she did win a couple of starts back. And uh, Major Major, old Major Major, well, talent's never been his problem, Dan. So he's got he's got more than enough talent, Major Major. It's just sulky up, it says here. Well, application might be the problem there. Nine, eight, one and two for me, but really the one bet in the race for me, I, was, I thought Seaside Sister, if they'd put it up at a silly price, I was willing to back. But they're giving me $3.90 about we better believe. And based on the fact this is a drop in grade, we saw some gate speed last start. Speaking to Matty Craven before the race in the stables last time out, I think he's got a reasonable opinion of the horse. It's all good enough for me. Um, look, one, one, I've tipped the nine as well. We better believe it. So my tips are nine, two, eight, and five. Um, he, he, I wouldn't say he jumped out at me, but I, I, I'm I was actually still surprised he's a sixty-four. I'm, I'm 
looking at We Better Believe It as if he's a better class of horse than where he's he, at. He so, is, isn't he? Like, he, realistically, he's going to get he's going to get higher than most of these. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So nine, two, eight, and five. Just one little thing, if if it's all right to be a little bit picky, if we're going to have more of these twelve hundred meter races. Um, I noticed with the 1,200-metre previous races, we haven't had that many, but we're getting more of them. There's no overall time listed. So anyone that's looking at um, the references to form, uh, you know, you have a mile rate uh, with with a lot of races. With the 1,200 metres, they'll have sectional times. We won't have the overall time. So we're going to need to put that overall time in. And when there's a best mile rate next to that horse... Um, in their uh, where their prize money is listed and and you know how many starts they've had. Um, that mile rate's usually relative to a mile or a twenty two hundred meter race. So it just bears no significance over twelve hundred. So we might just have to tidy up that aspect. I mean, it's all good and well looking at the three quarters. I guess you can add them up. Don't get me wrong. But when you've got a best mile rate of one fifty three up top. And this horse is one over 1,200. And I can guarantee you, guarantee you, that the quarters that it ran last start would equate to a mile rate far quicker than 153.8. And it's relevant to the 1,200. So if we're going to have more of these 1,200-meter races, I think we've got to get um, the uh, statistics uh, more accurate for 1,200-meter races. I, think- I wouldn't even mind if the 1,200-meter um, cla- a different class system came in for 1,200 metre races and you can actually run, say a meeting on a Tuesday night at Melton, all of them were over 1,200 metres, but they'd have to be under a different class system to everything else that's beyond 1,200. Any thoughts there? Oh, I love you, Dan. I just, honestly, I was going to make the point and then I wondered whether you'd, you'd agree with me. Um, and then you've made the point instead. I, t- to be honest, different class systems uh, are a unique idea that I hadn't thought of, but two things definitely... Um, there has to be a new time rating. For instance, here, we're going with We Better Believe It. It got beaten in 123.8 last start. Mustang won in 123.6. Now, whether that's meaningful or not, it's up to the punter, isn't it? But they can hang their hat on something, and that encourages turnover, and that increases stake money, and that's what we're about. But I'll tell you what I reckon, and I just love the idea of having a Tuesday or a Thursday, whatever it might be, that are all 1,200-metre races. Um, I don't love, even though I don't mind uh, punting into these two on Saturday night, I don't love having two on a Saturday night at Melton. It feels it feels a little bit, I don't know whether you agree, but it feels like it's um, just fleshing out a meeting, whereas metropolitan meetings, I, I, higher quality needs to be preserved, and that's been difficult to do over... Uh, recent years, but high quality needs to be preserved. And 1,200 metre races, as much as I'm moving in their direction to some degree, I kind of don't want a situation where then we're having 11 race cards where three of them are 1,200 metre races. And I'd love to see them all put in put in their one place on a given day. And it would be a really exciting short turnarounds. It'd be an exciting day of racing. And people would really start to target those meetings, wouldn't they, rather than maybe just sneaking in an extra one on a Saturday night, which I feel moderates the quality of the Metropolitan card sometimes. Yeah, look, I agree. And especially if we got one out of the way where there was eight or nine races over 1,200 metres, different classes, obviously. But as I said, I'd like to see a new class system brought in specifically for 1,200. But even if that didn't happen... There's all of a sudden eight or nine races in the system with 1,200 metre form, and that's going to help. If we keep doing it bit by bit, it's like cutting one toenail, yeah. you know, each week. Do you know what I mean? Before <laughs> the feet look right. By the time you get to the seventh toenail, you've got to start on the first one again. And and it's a bit like that. And and look, don't get me wrong, they're, they're being drip-fed into the system, and that's fine. It's a gradual acceptance. But let's let's have a, a – I, I suggested a Tuesday night. I don't think that would be unreasonable. And, and then test it out and get a better idea idea and um, if we're going to do that and they're 1200 meter races every chance to be able to get a bit of a push and say hey we're going to do these with 20 to 25 minute breaks as well and i'm sure it'll work a lot better yeah 20 minute breaks i think i think people would love it i think you'd actually get people on course uh to some degree and also there would be punters who would say all right i'm going to target these meetings because i reckon i can make kill you out and we'll go through the tab golden rain free for all before we take a break now the scratching can better isolate um Again, I don't think there's any sport, any apart from tennis. You take one person out of tennis, it makes life hard. But um, any team sport or any uh, sport involving uh, multiple combatants where if you take one runner out, you can change the race so entirely because 
I was pretty keen on better isolate. Um, you would have thought it would have led, then had options after that. Now La Captain looks the likely early leader, trying to push everything else out. And here's where the confusion reigns now. You're looking at Code Bailey, Max Delight, Supreme Dominator, AG's White Sox, and maybe even Tango Tara. They're all high-quality horses. And now you've got to work out who's going to make the move first. Will they play Ducks and Drakes? And that's why I've sort of thrown everything out the window and just gone with who I think are the two class inform runners in AG's White Sox and Supreme Dominator. And to be honest, from what I saw at Warrigal, I'm happy to take the $4.60 bet Supreme Dominator, Dan. Yeah, look, he's well, at least you've got confidence he's back in form because uh, we let him uh, go uh, at his last win, but we just didn't know where he was at. It seemed like he was at the crossroads, but he's picked it up. He was terrific, provided a, a, a terrific duel, really, that Warrigal Cup, wasn't it? And yeah. um and we might get that uh, a similar result here, but there's there's obviously more depth to this race. I mean, you'd expect that Max Delight's going to improve. Code Bailey, um, you know, that wasn't really uh, the way that you'd want the race to be run to suit him last start. But still, I, I thought he was entitled to do a bit better. I tell you, this one in this race that interestingly, let me guess. Let me guess. Yeah, all right. Give me, tell me, give me, give me a little lead in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's just say it's a it's a style of uh, music that uh, mm. you would be accustomed to and uh, enjoy. I, th- I, I, I thought you might be uh, going this way. Um, let's rock, let's roll. Yeah, look, I, I know he hasn't had a run for a few weeks, um, which is sometimes a bit of a worry, but just held up a bit late, pinching a bit of ground off some pretty smart horses last start. We know he's just one-dimensional as a sit sprinter, but it might be the right race, I think. Now that he's sort of weaved his way through some of those metropolitan classes, this is known as the fast class. And I think that's what he wants, a faster pace, and he can come off the back of it. So he might be, well, he's my outsider in the race. I haven't put him on top, but I've got him in the mix and as a must uh, to be in your uh, quaddies. Um, But Supreme Dominator, 10 from 11. uh, And then I've thrown in the two, let's rock, let's roll, 10, 11, 2, and... You know I could never leave Code Bailey out of a top four, number eight. I've gone 10, 11, 1 and 8, so very similar numbers. The other thing worth noting here, I think, is that um, that front line now without better isolate, it's good news for Max Delight because let's rock, let's roll the stable, mate. He's, they don't normally use him, but they won't have to use him much here. Cosimo goes straight back. I think Sahara Sirocco probably goes back. I think Courageous Saint, even though he's got gate speed, might go back after... Um, a disappointing runner up at Mildura. Seb's choice will probably go forward, but you can just see out of those class second row runners, Max Delight settling closer than the rest, at least initially. So I haven't got it in the top four, but um, I'd be playing relatively wide here. I was going to play skinny in the quaddie with, uh, I was just going to have better isolate Supreme Dominator and AG's White Sox. But now, well, you've been pumping up the big six. I'll, I'll go through the numbers here and we'll backtrack after the break and, Go to the other two legs that we've already um, we've already touched on. AG's White Sox. Does it go in the Quaddy and Big Six? AG's White Sox. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Supreme Dominator. My word. Uh, you've got Code Bailey in for sure. Oh, look, I think so. Code Bailey's in because you would feel like an idiot yeah, if he got up and you didn't put him in. I, th- I think that's going to be one of the most critical pre-race interviews that I do tomorrow night, Dan. Um, yeah. Just to find yeah, out. From, uh, yeah. No, no doubt. It ta- well, it's, it is, isn't it? Because uh, who do you think leads? Uh, well, I think La Captain will lead initially. And yeah. then and then it'll be a matter of um, who makes a move, who can get there first, whether it's one that La Captain wants to hand up horse. to. It would it'd have ha- to be a backline horse. I, I couldn't see La like Captain taking a trial behind a frontline no, horse, no, could no. you? That's what I mean. I think, I think you'll yeah. hold them and say no, no, no to them. And then it'll be – you would think it'll be AG's White Sox or – Max Delight or Supreme Dominator, yeah. one of those three you think would probably take over. And I think we know that under the circumstances, they'd want it to be AG's White Sox, but you can't control that um, 100%. And that's what makes the race so tricky. Quickly before a break, does, is uh, so definitely let's rock, let's roll. Is that where you end it? Or do you throw in Max Delight and like oh, I couldn't have Max Delight on first up run. Okay. I need to some, see something more. Uh, I think at least Supreme Dominator and AG's White Sox can make their own luck. I don't want to underestimate Tango Tara. He's at the big odds. He had the race run to suit last start, but I'd put Tango Tara ahead of Max Delight at this stage. It's worth noting as we go to a break that Supreme Dominator, but he did bounce back to form, beat AG's White Sox, 
and I think most would agree, probably went bigger than him in the uh, Warrigal Cup. So $4.60 versus $3.60, supreme dominator. For Dan Malecki and Jay Bond, time for a break. We'll come back, talk about race six. This is another interesting affair. I wouldn't mind, in fact, I very much want to know Dan Malecki's thoughts on the pole market, Mighty Flying Art. Back in a moment. More Friday, form panel on SEN track. With that, you bad boy. No, nah, that'll do. Um, great song. That's one of the only contributions I've made to the music list here at uh, SEN Track. Race six is a very intriguing, intriguing affair. Small field. I know this turns some punters off, but these are some of the races I love the most because there's a lot going on here. What did you say comes out? Mighty Flying Arts first run back with the only team that he cares about and loves, the only home that he enjoys with Team Douglas was, I think, semi-encouraging. Pole marking draw more early speed than anything else. Still likely to hand up, in my opinion, but I'd like to hear yours, Dan. Cobber used to have early speed. They don't love using it anymore, but he draws inside just a little sip, who was unbelievably good last start. Finn Frosty, Yankee Gold first up from a break, trolling the house down, loves a short trip. Um, it's a good race, isn't it? It is. It's an intriguing race. You can make a push for virtually every runner in the race, can't you? Uh, but that doesn't make it any easier. Um, trying to look at the way they might settle. Um, I'm not saying I'm, I'm confident this will be the case. I just thought it, it would be the most likely scenario. And that's that Cobber could lead. Just a little sip, end up sitting without cover. Mighty Flying Arts behind the leader. Finn Frost three back the pegs. And then it's who slots into the 1-1. The one, one. It, it's probably going to be, um, unless Finn Frost came off the pegs early, it's Ebony and Ivory might be the horse that gets into the 1-1. One, one. Um, if they all follow across now, Julius Shadow um, or Yankee Gold are going to come off the, are going to have to come off the arm much quicker to get in front of each of those horses to change um, the way that they would settle down. Um, just a little sip's tough enough and good enough to sit without cover and win. I just think Cobber might be fit enough if able to make use of that barrier draw to be the horse to beat. I still don't think he's a good thing if he leads, uh, but I think he's more advantaged. So I've tipped three, four, uh, five and eight. It's Ebony and Ivory's the one that, a bit similar in the sense of Cobber being, had a, had a couple of runs back from a spell, but it, it might be the one that ends up in the right spot that you think at the bell, gee, you're in a good position. Um, and it will be at good odds. So three, four, five, eight. You're right. It's a tricky race, and I couldn't confidently put the pen through any runner here. And you mentioned Mighty Flying Art. He wasn't that bad the other no, day. No, he wasn't. It was massive it, improvement on what was happening. Yeah, it was a bit inconclusive road. still because he wasn't knocked about. He didn't have to be over the last fifty because he really couldn't improve his position. But he was what still a meter away from finishing three positions ahead of where he did. So. Um, he, he's the intriguing runner. I didn't put him in my top four, but I'm very wary of him. I feel like in a staggered quaddie, he will he will exist for me because I think it'll be the next run. I think it'll be, but I wouldn't want to miss him at $17. I wouldn't want to miss him at 17 bucks. Short trip, pole marking draw, um, particularly if there is a battle. He loves it when they go hard. He never stops giving. Um, and there was enough there. There was enough there. I think it'll be the next run. But I I had a different map to you. Uh, I had just a little sip fine in the front. The concern for me with Cobber, he's been in front six times in his career. He's won twice. I think he's a better horse following a helmet or coming off speed, personally. And to be honest, I was fading and blown away by what just a little sip did last start. They've got him in 55-1. He's been three poles. So he's, you know, eight or nine metres. Then he has to... Pop off 100, 150 metres out or even less, about 150 metres out, and then accelerate and go straight on by them. And we thought he was a good horse, didn't we? There was a point where we thought this is a real, real nice yeah. horse. And that last start made me think, yeah, he's a real nice horse. No doubt about that, Jase. No doubt at all. Um, but you, whether if he got to the pegs, he, he's... Um, he's moral. He, he's odds on, isn't he? Uh, oh, yeah. No, no. He's an even money shot. 
um, sitting without cover, he might be a $2.70 shot. So it's just that vulnerability of sitting parked. In a field like this, there's some good sit sprinters, some pretty talented horses here, and they would be more advantaged, I think, if he ended up without cover. But he, he's a pretty good horse. He's a smart horse. He's tough enough. He's got a lot of speed, plenty of attributes. He's the one on the way up, whereas a lot of the other horses in this race, they might still be able to go a class or two higher, but they're not going to do it uh, you know, in quick succession, whereas he can. Now, we, we saw Arg do it, and, uh, and it's an incredibly hard thing to do to win first up from a break. Um, Yankee Gold has been trolling around Arg. I think he might have even beaten Arg at the trials. Uh, I think he, he would be good enough to challenge. I'm just trying to – sometimes you've got to read into um, trainers and drivers, don't you, as well? Because Boulder was trolling out really well prior to the first up run – but that camp was pretty protective in the first couple of runs. I think Yankee Gold can win, but I just look at Team Brosnan and I think that draw, they might not, you know, burst a gasket here first up from a break. He hasn't raced since August of last year. It's a long layoff. Like if it was December or January, you know, it might be different, but I don't know what you got to prove there because... Sometimes you can be nine-tenths of the way across and then you've got to really dig into a horse yeah. to try to cross early and, and that can be enough to bust them up first up, which is I think every trainer would not want that to happen. So unless he's just two lengths quicker than everything else out at the start, um, he yeah, I don't think I'd be rushing him if I was driving him. But, you know, that's why Emmett and, uh, and Richard, the Brosnans, are uh, a champion horse people and I'm not. Um, but I would err on the side of caution. Um, you're with Cobber? Yeah. I, I am with – look, I just think it's a good race for yeah. him. I, I'm not I'm not going to put eggs all in the one basket. And you can't back him each way because there's only seven in the race now. So it, it becomes trickier, uh, I think. Uh, as I said, uh, there's nothing I can rule the pen through. Um, I don't want to leave out Finn Frost. don't want to leave out It's Ebony and Ivory either. And I, I certainly couldn't leave out Mighty Flying Art. While we've been on air – um, we're talking about this race. Uh, a few of the horses that we've made mentions of have trimmed up. Mighty Flying Art, 17 to 15. It's Ebony and Ivory, 18 to 750. Um, uh, are two of them. And even Cobber, 310 into $3. So it, it seems as if it, uh, somebody's listening as we're speaking to just have little nibbles on the, these horses, which is good. It just shows you that uh, every horse in this race has got a chance. Yeah, it's going to be a magnificent affair. And I'll tell you what, I reckon we're going to walk away from it. Knowing a bit more than we did before. That's not the case for every race. Um, but if Cobber can come out and win, we'll learn something. If Mighty Flying Art improves sharply. If just a little sip kills them, um, we learn something. So um, it's going to be a, a learnable race, but also one where we want to get the winner. We're going head-to-head here. D Mills and I with, uh, with just a little sip for me and Cobber for Dan Malecki. We'll go to the news now, come back. And race seven, this is... Well, it's a similarly intriguing race, I think. Ever Hoping draws the pole. Come up very short. Vanquish stride. $23 after that last start performance. Steve Cleave's big heave from Metrospective a couple of weeks back. And Arg at eight bucks. Pull the other legs way too short. We'll talk about that when we come back. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Race seven. Is Pull the Other League sponsored by somebody? Dan, I, the last start run was inconclusive. Took off three wide and was cruising and hit a wall. But this horse seems to start very, very short. Very often for a horse with eight, four and seven next to its name from three runs back from a break. I'm assuming people believe, well, I don't know what they believe because they believe it's going to drop in behind the leader. Do they believe it can cross the one ever hoping? I'm I'm confused, but um, ever hoping is the one to beat in my opinion. But geez, Vanquish Stride went big in a very strong race last start. 
Yeah, no doubt about that. I, I, I've got to, uh, with pull the other leg though, last five starts, he has started 126, 8, 750, 16 and 19. Okay. Well, so, but I, I, he seemingly opened up short enough considering that sort of form's there, but he's a much better horse in front. He's had good support already, 440 into 340. Um, if you were driving ever hoping... Um, He's a good sit sprinter, ever hoping. Would you be happy to take the trail behind, pull the other leg? Just looking at that early market move, that's what comes straight to my attention. No, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. So I got that wrong. I think it's been more that um, smart judges have known and people around the place have been tipping pull the other leg um, at the first three runs back. But yes, that SB profile isn't quite what I thought it was. Um, I'll tell you why I wouldn't do that because I reckon pull the other leg at hand up. Really? To Arg, or yep. I reckon if Arg came around, Paul the other leg would say, I'm a better chance of running past you than having ever hoping on my back. That's only an opinion. But um, yep, I could I could definitely see a situation where, well, whether or not that would happen is slightly academic. It's how risky is it? You know, what's the likelihood? Even if there's a 20 or 30% chance of that happening, I think there's more. But even if there's 20 or 30%, that's got, to, uh, that's got to weigh on Taylor French and whether she's willing to do it or not. Well, are you comfortable that Ever Hoping is good enough, um, solid enough within its gate and quick enough to hold up from barrier one anyway? Not entirely. Um, no. I, I, I think it is the most likely scenario. But uh, pull the other leg is, is quick but not absolutely blazing. And we know um, this is nothing... Uh, new between you and I, but for the listeners, in harness racing, crossing from um, the next door neighbour's fence is a very difficult thing to do, isn't it? Because you've really got to ping them. The question is, has Paul the other leg got that snap acceleration to quickly put three parts of a length on Ever Hoping and then press on and find the front? I reckon he does. Okay. Yeah. I reckon he is capable. I shouldn't say he does. I reckon he is capable because... I think one thing for sure is that pull the other leg, will, he's fit enough now, you have the confidence to drive him for speed. Even if he fired up a little bit over the short trip, it shouldn't worry him as much. Uh, he can cope with it better. Um, ever hoping, on the other hand, uh, I've seen him go a little bit roughly, yep. uh, and he's not necessarily going to be disadvantaged to sit behind a horse like pull the other leg. So... Even if he does get crossed without much of a fight or with a fight, he's still going to be in a good position. What you'd probably try, hope to do is, is have a good enough tempo to come out of the gate that pull the other leg has to work past. You don't just hand up. But Arg, Arg's very quick off the gate. He, he, he might be able to cross a lot of them. This is, this is what I mean. I think even if pull the other leg got, got across, Arg can absolutely fly. And it feels like, well, you saw it first up. You'd think he'd be improved. D-Moles has got a fair bit of confidence in this bloke, I reckon. He was talking into Dominions uh, last year at one point. And uh, if Arg was up there and pressing, I wonder whether Geordie Leadham wouldn't just say, OK, well, I don't want to be hammered by you with ever hoping on my back. So I'll hand up. But I've got to tell you, if you're looking purely at, um, apart from Jillaby Nitro, where they've been, what they've achieved and what their potential is, People get caught up in barrier draws, don't they? Because Arg should not be eight bucks. No, not at all. I, I'm, uh, it's almost off-putting. You know when you see a price that's oh. far bigger than what you expect and you think, oh, well, what have I missed here? Um, I don't think you've missed anything. Uh, the, the, like, there's always concerns. The one concern for me, I never, ever, in thoroughbred racing, I never liked this either, but when they go as big as you went first up, there's always a, a minor doubt in your mind, isn't there, whether there'll yeah. be improvement off that or whether that was all a bit too good first up. That's, that's, that's my only concern. I don't think there's anything else. No, no, no. I'm, I'm with you in the sense that first up, I, I generally pot them. That was a midweek race, but it was a, uh, it was a metropolitan class field. Um, and, well, there's a few horses in this race backing up, so a similar field, uh, class-wise. And he rushed the gate, he settled well, he kicked away, he did everything um, that a dominant horse would do. And then the fact that he was first up, he did get a bit of pressure mid-race. He was 
you know, at the 100, and rightly so, when you're first up, you're going to improve with your run. So yeah. he still fought them off to be able to win. It was a big tick. 56-2 as well. Not bad be- going. Yeah, that's right. And he'll benefit from that run. And he came off the gate. Remember, he wasn't a horse that was first up that was a set sprinter and everything panned out his way. He made his own luck first up. Yep. That takes some doing. And uh, I think he can chase pretty good. Uh, I think he's a, an adaptable sort of horse. He's huge overs. I to be able to back him at so, each yeah. way, he's the way to go. Because I'm just worried about ever hoping. If, if Paul the other leg crossed ever hoping, aren't crossed both of them, you know, in a charge early, there might be enough speed ever hoping to come off the pegs. Uh, and that might help. But, um, yeah, I, I think Arg has been largely forgotten about here at $8. I've got to tip him on top. He's a better bet each way, at least at this stage. Well, I'll, Seven, yeah. two, one, and... Uh, a vanquished stride you mentioned before, at, well, he's $23. You've got to have him included. I wouldn't want him to win without having something on him. I've really liked his last couple of runs. Uh, and, and if Arg does get pushed across, pull the other leg, he does push across ever hoping, breaks up the field a little bit, I reckon that would suit vanquished stride. So I think he's a must to put in for your exotics. There's two things I'm going to say. I've gone 176 at eight. Two things I'll say. In, in that scenario where Arg leads... I've got an opinion of ever hoping. If Arg leads, I'll, I won't bet the house will keep the bathroom like you always tell me to do, Dan, but <laughs> Arg won't get beaten. He will not get beaten if he's in front. So um, I marked him $2.80. And I'll just give you Vanquish Trotter. I'm only playing one six seven in the quality. I'm leaving. I'm, no pull the other leg for me. Um, here's the better bet, Tiger Tara, free for all. T- T- Tango Tara, Cosimo Cranbin, um, big country cup winner. So what? Seb's Choice, Max Delight, Grand Circuit winner, Code Bailey. These are horses who are going around in the Golden Rain free-for-all. Vanquish Stride finishes last. If he gets any sort of run, he goes perilously close to winning the race. Perilously close. And he's dropping in grade here to an 80 to 89. The draw, I know the draw looks awful. 1720 looks awful, but I'm with you. The two bits in this race, um, each way... Uh, Arg, and maybe each way or one by two, Vanquish Stride. Are we on the same page there, Dan? I think we are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially with a field of eight. My word. I, I think ever hoping um, is when you first look at the race and see the formies in, you think, well, from the good gate, you're going to be the horse to beat. But I see the price at one ninety. I see unders. Uh, I, I still think he's got a really good winning chance, but not a dollar ninety. He might get right out to, to post the two dollars, and a lot of it will depend on him getting crossed at the start. The funny thing is, he's such a good sit sprinter. It mightn't uh, be such a, um, a, to the detriment of his chances if he does end up three back the inside, but it's just that he won't be a $1.90 chance if he's in that spot. All right, we, uh, I'm getting a slight hurry up. When we start talking, Dan, we need to make a show about three and a half hours, I reckon. That's, that's what I would podca- do a separate podcast. Race eight, the hip pocket workwear and safety castle main Vic Bread trot. Um, another case where we've got a preferential barrier draw. The thing is here, I'm almost certain the frontline gate speed is going to set it up for Hammers Lauren to a slightly lesser extent. Don't touch the Juco. You've got Medina Sky with gate speed, Royal Charlotte, Sangreal, Ebony's Avenger, Golden Sunset flies out. And sometimes you get these races where it's a fast frontline, nobody does anything. I think most of them will have a crack at the start here. There'll be fireworks and I think Hammers Law will win again, Dan. Yeah, Hammers Law's in great form. Wasn't that a win last start? Um the old boy, the nine-year-old, uh, going for three in a row. I, I think I've got to go his way. Look, I, I can find cases of positivity and negativity for every horse in the race. Um, but I've uh, put the nine on top. This, this is a really a tough race. So nine, seven. There's a few horses there. Like a Bogart's on from Barrier One. Is it a top four chance at the odds? I think yes. Um and I've put in uh, number five, Ebony's Avenger, as well. So 9715 to round out my top four, but uh, my apologies to connection to the other runners because I wanted to include all of them at least in my top four, which is obviously impossible to do. While Hammers Law's a $5 shot, and I've got it on top, and it sounds like you might have it on top, I thought it was a very difficult race. I thought it was a tough race, but I thought Hammers Law was still a clear top pick. Nine, eight, four, and six. Gamble responsibly. Take the five bucks, please. I'm letting you know now. So is Dan. Break time. We'll be back with the last couple of races. And then we'll give you our best bets and our multiculture. You got designer shades just to hide your face. And you wear them around like you're cool with me. And 
Welcome back, Friday Form Panel. Remember my name, it's probably because you think you're cool. Um, last couple of races, we've tied for these. Right, last couple of races. This is a, a belt up. Again, small field, heavenly charm, non pareil and Beach Life, the winning chances. Beach Life was terrific first up, but I'd be backing the other two. And to be honest, if I wasn't a lily-livered coward, I'd be tipping Heavenly Charm on top. And, jeez, I, I reckon you might be, Dan. I'm just going to guess. Are you tipping Heavenly Charm on top? Not at $6.50, no. Okay. Um, uh, to be fair, last time I think she was about $31, and, and it was a bit of a spec. This got a chance, there's no doubt about that. Non-pareil, um Look, I think there's two primary chances here, and they are non-pareil and beach life. I, I found it almost a flip of the coin. I'm going to go with a better value, non-pareil, and simply because of that. Uh, beach life, will she end up sitting parked? If she sits parked, she can still win, but might be vulnerable or will be vulnerable. And that might be the difference. If non-pareil um, gets that sit on her, she might be able to out-sprint her. Um, so I've gone four ahead of six, three, a three heavenly charm, as you would imagine, I would be putting into the numbers. And I reckon Illawong Awesome's going really well and has, has got strong claims to uh, figure in the top four, maybe even the trifecta spot, maybe an outside winning chance as well. Four, six, three, one. Six, three, four and seven. Um, narrowly with Beach Life, but if heavenly charm gets the pegs first, I think she'll win. Race 10, final event on the card. I can't believe we're still getting $2.15. This is the stone-cold, stinking, moral declaration of the night for me. Stir Me Up, I think, is bordering upon unbeatable. Jeremy Wells was good in a 1,200-metre race last start. But Stir Me Up, as gate speed, was huge in the EK Bray, which is a very strong race. Tell me we're singing from the same King James Bible hymn book, please, Dan Malecki. Yeah, yeah, we are. Indeed, we are. Uh, and I'd say in harmony as well. And uh, you reckon you haven't sorted out the 1,200-metre races yet. Well, this will be the light in the sand race uh, because if it gets beaten, you will be putting the white flag up yeah. to say you can't read these 1,200-metre races. Um, I think it's made the water for Stir Me Up, isn't it? Um, uh, 215, I must admit, I thought he might have been slightly better odds than that. I, I think uh, he's short enough, but he could actually get shorter if, if it uh, comes to everyone's attention that he could cross easily. Um, six on top um, from uh, three Jeremy Wells is the obvious one to put in. Uh, eight ready to rock. And is our Madiba at $71 a fluke as hope? Well, not a fluke as hope, but a chance of running top four? Mm, mate, I think they're probably all a chance of running top four. Yeah. Um, so you're going six, three, eight. Nine. Nine. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going six, three, eight, one. I think Rita Rock was very good in the same EK Bray uh, event. Jeremy Wells is ticking along, but I'll tell you what, you are right. I will be um, I will be waving that white flag and surrendering, even though that uh, Dido told me not to wave the white flag. Yeah. I'm sorry, I will be. Um, <laughs> if Sturmy Up gets beaten, because I think it is. You reckon you, uh, you thought you might get better odds? I thought it might be a dollar sixty. So the yeah, two dollars right. fifteen is more than good enough for me. Final break. We'll come back with our best bets. And now Maltese here on the Friday form panel to wind things up. Here are the panel's best. Well, I'll start. I'll start this party. Simply the best. Just one. One stop shop. Get out stakes. Gamble responsibly, but moose it. Launch it. Stir me up. We'll not be getting beaten. That's my best of the night. Dan, over to you. Yeah, look, I'd put down Stir Me Up as the best bet as well, just trying to find a bit of value. But um, I'm thinking he's going to be too short. He might be the right sort of horse, though, if you're going to take early all-ups to have him as your last leg. And at least you get there and he is too short. You can have a saver on a Jeremy Wells or a Ready to Rock. But um, he's probably the best of mine, but uh, I wasn't anticipating him to be as short. Uh, I think you're far more confident than me. The truth was, if it was 1,600 metres... I'd be far more confident. Just the mere fact it's 1,200 and I feel like I haven't really sorted out the 1,200-metre races. The only reason why I'm not um, declaring him as like you are, not as dogmatic as you. I reckon a butt was made for 1,200-metre races. Yeah, Probably. 1,227 yeah. and 30 and 3,000. I think he'll love it. It's time for Multiculture. All right. This one's a bit silly, but... It's a five-legger. We better believe it's a place. Just a little sip to win. Um, I believe that Stir Me Up will be winning. I've got uh, Hammer's Law to place, and I've also got 
uh, let us trot earlier in the night to play. So that's a bit of a wily one. You got a multi for us, please, Dan. Yeah, look, I think one of two, each way, all up, or all up the place. They're both my each way specials for the night. Race one, number eight, LB2 Chains, and race seven, number seven, ARG. And they're both over the odds that I thought they would be right at the moment at $4 and $8 respectively. So each way all up, race one, number eight, and into race seven, horse number seven. I think these are the ones we can definitely agree on uh, in terms of the massive overs. Next through, um, Arg and Vanquish strike two in the same race there. Ever hoping wins, fair enough. But they're just about the two biggest overs of the night and... Uh, let's rock, let's roll was the other one. I'd and let's rock, let's roll. Who yeah. uh, who gets a nice draw and is a very very smart horse who seems to be getting better as he gets older, just like you and I, Dan. Um, thanks for joining me, mate. It's been fun as always. Yeah, my pleasure as usual. Thanks a lot, mate. Friday form panel. It's going to be a night. I reckon we can have a big win tomorrow. Make sure to watch Trot's Vision. I'll be on with Rob Orber and Dan Malecki. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the programming right here on the greatest station on planet Earth, SEN Track.